the savannah speaks podcast i'm your host d daniels and i'm also the director of communications at cliff merce realty in beautiful historic downtown savannah georgia we're so excited to take you on this journey that will yes explore the fascinating world of real estate and investing in savannah but just as important we'll also be giving a platform to so many creative unique and diverse people that make this charming city one of the coolest and hottest places in the world someone I recently met, and I feel like you're going to enjoy meeting this person as well. Chuck Alsdurf, welcome to the show. Thanks. We have guests on this podcast where we are capturing a moment in time, a moment in their journey, and I feel like we're doing that with you too. You are really relatively new to Savannah. That's right. I moved in August of 19, so about two and a half years. And where did you come from? We were Mount Pleasant for South South Carolina for three years before that, Portland, Maine before that. So we're progressively getting further south, and I hope I hope we stay we stay here. Right, and why Savannah? Like that's always number one question that I get. Um, you know, only here full time since August of last year, and kind of the most common question I hear everyone ask everyone else: Why Savannah? Why did you pick Savannah? So we were in Charleston area. Really enjoyed it, but my wife decided she wanted to go back to school, and SCAD was just the right fit. Mm. And spending some time visiting, we decided instead of commuting or or going fully online really to get the experience, we're city people, and we had been in the burbs for three years, and it was time to get back downtown. So Mm. it's really been a good fit. So uh, talk a little bit about uh, Mount Pleasant and, and how different that is from where you are now. What was that jump like? Yeah, Mount Pleasant is... What it sounds like by name, it's very pleasant. It's a very nice place to live. Uh, we, it's very suburban. Uh, it's very very close to the beaches outside of Charleston. A um, lot of growth, rapid growth there. And uh, we had a great time, met a lot of really nice people. Uh, but we, we do not have any children, and we found ourselves the only childless people in the suburban mm. residential neighborhoods. The ones without the, the kids. The ones without the kids uh, <laughs> that were probably too old to maybe start having kids. Yeah, right, so, right. so that was that was part of it. And we really just enjoy being near the action. And, you know, with traffic, it was about 40 minutes to downtown. So we weren't spending a lot of time enjoying what Charleston has to offer. Right, right. And, you know, it's it's interesting how many people are visiting Savannah and, and you know, considering living here, most people do <laughs> consider it once they visit, but they, they've they also considered Charleston. They've also considered, you know, the places around, you know, kind of in between and, and maybe even right into into Florida. It's sort of that, that triangle. There's not really a triangle, but it, it feels like these are the places we're considering. And it's kind of just based on where you are in your life, it seems, mm-hmm. where it's going to, which one's going to fit. Right. Yeah. yeah, 100%. We, we were actually in Portland, Maine for about five years before we decided to make a move. And we did the same thing. We basically drew a line on where we needed to go in terms of how far south for avoidance of winter after five years of blizzards. And it was Greenville, Charleston, Atlanta, Savannah, maybe Jacksonville, Mm -hmm. maybe Birmingham. I used to live in Birmingham. And I said, well, we kind of like living near the coast. We've been up here for five years right on the coast in Maine. And 
it's Charleston, Savannah, and Jacksonville, maybe. Uh, and we actually came and visited Savannah and didn't spend enough time here when we were doing our tour and mm-hmm. ended up in Charleston. But it, you know, everything happened for a reason. No so. doubt, no doubt. So you were, how long were you in Mount Pleasant? A little over three years. Okay. So enough time to to know the city, and uh, you know, we still spend a fair amount of time there now that the COVID is somewhat over. Right, so. right. Calming down, things are getting back to a little bit of normal. You know, it's interesting when when you know we talk to people about their journey. It's it's so funny how Savannah kind of ends up you know, morphing their journey into something maybe that they weren't expecting or something new, you know, or just giving them something, an extension of, of what they were hoping to do or a new journey. Now your wife, Abby, she went to SCAD and is she still going there? She is one quarter left. One, yay. Yeah. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> what is she taking? What is she doing? She's getting her MFA in fashion and luxury management. I feel like SCAD has such an imprint on Savannah. I mean, how could it not, you know, with just everything it, it's done for Savannah and, uh, and vice versa. And just to feel that vibrant kind of college town going on here. Um, does she experience that fully being a student? Yep. I mean, that's why we decided to come down. I mean, on top of being somewhat bored in the suburbs, we had lived in Portland and had been near the city. And Portland, Maine is a little bit funky. Mm-hmm. And she's an artist. And uh, that's just that's just kind of our vibe. And so Charleston was a little bit buttoned up. And Savannah kind of blends Charleston with that Portland funk and the students, obviously. Uh, the challenge we had is we moved here, you know, eight months before they locked everything down. So most of her experience has been online, unfortunately. Oh, so, but the yeah. last few quarters, she's been able to experience that a little bit more, which has been really cool. Right. So it's it's always a, a question of mine when people are, are moving here, you know, where they're going to land in Savannah. Because if you look, Savannah's not huge. Right. But yet there are so many different sections that have a different feel so, I mean, here we are at our studios recording today on Wiley Island. We've got beautiful sunset view going on tonight and, I mean, water all around us. Were you guys looking for water when you came here? Did you want to go downtown? Historic? What were you looking for? Yeah, we're definitely looking to go downtown. We made the decision pretty rapidly. And so we had to sell a house and find a place within about 30 days. And so we were able to sell the house and then had nowhere to go. And so we basically drew a circle downtown and said, this is where we want to be. Uh, and so we ended up on the west side of the park and it, it was great. It was very interesting. A lot of uh, variety yeah. over there Yeah. Uh, and, and nice to be walkable again. So Right, right. Yeah. Walkability seems to be one of the biggest biggest factors when people are, you know, deciding on where they want to live, it's either we're going to have a water view or we're going to be able to walk everywhere. Right. Yeah. I think those are the two, those are the ideal options when you're coming to Savannah. And we've since moved closer to the the center of the city, which has been really great, but dealing with the, the historic home Mm. and, and all that that entails. So how do you move into a, a historic home? without wanting to do renovation and how do you actually get the renovation done without it being, you know, kind of a big headache because you really do have to be very protective of the historic features. Right. Right. Yeah. It's been challenging. Abby grew up in an 1835 farmhouse in Ohio. So I've got, 
a father-in-law that knows about all of that. So that's been helpful. Mm -hmm. Great from a financial perspective, but it was also horrible from a contractor renovation perspective. So we had some initial work done and we're in the middle of the next phase. But there's a lot of variety downtown. Uh, I think, you know, if you look at what folks have done to the interior. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so the exterior, you know, we'll keep, we have to keep, right, the historic society, right. <laughs> which I, lo- I love. Absolutely. They do uh, a great job with they, that. They do a great job. And and so the the interior will be our own, but but uh, definitely keeping the pink house. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And, and it's funny because that's how um, I met you through Cliff Merce Realty and, you know, I just sort of like knowing a little bit of your journey with Cliff and, and finding your house and, and that sort of thing, you know, Cliff and I will ride around downtown and, and he'll tell me a story about every single house, you know, and, and, and then we'll stop in front of a house that's, you know, very, very historic and on the outside. And he'll say, you'll just absolutely never believe what the inside looks like. It is modern. It's crazy. You know, it's just funny that, that dual, energy and design that's going on here that I think is really, really neat. Yeah. And I think it's really representative of Savannah. It right? is. It's a very unique uh, culture, a wonderful culture. There's a lot of variety in who lives here, uh, which is something that we hadn't experienced in other places we lived. Right. So, so that's been a really nice uh, breath of fresh air. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I feel like Cliff's been in every house in Savannah, so yes. I, would, I wouldn't even have to go there. I would just text him. What do you think? What do you think about this place? And he would give me his open and honest opinion. And that saved a lot of time. No yeah. doubt. No doubt. We were just joking the other day that he should be, um, you know, some sort of tour guide part time or something because the stories that he has for all of these houses, just unbelievable. We, we literally just went down three blocks of Oglethorpe. Um, just a couple of days ago and we spent an hour just talking about the, those blocks and those houses. And it was, I mean, it's pretty unbelievable. The, uh, the tour he gives when he's showing people around. Yeah, no, it really is. I, I, I do think that being a realtor in Savannah would be a really interesting job, right? Right. Because you get to experience that and, um, just seeing all, we saw a lot, it took us six or seven months to find a place, but there, there was a lot of variety. There's a lot of, there's a lot of funk, you know, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. in, in good and bad ways. So, but you know, Maine's a lot like that too. So we saw a lot of homes that were built in the 1700s, early 1800s that I couldn't stand up in, mm. you know, so that was always the question is, can I stand up in the, yeah. on the second floor? You're a tall guy. I'm a tall guy. How tall are you exactly? Six, five. Six, five. <laughs> so, so that becomes a challenge, uh, with, with some of the, the older homes. Yes, it does. Uh, the historic homes. So I still have a little dipping to do um, in places in our house, but it, it's tolerable. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. So what were you doing business-wise when you uh, came to Savannah, and what are you doing now? Are you doing the same thing? Was it a big change? How did that go? Yeah, so things a lot has changed, actually, since we moved to Savannah. Uh, so I came down here. I'm, I'm a accounting and finance guy by, by training and have spent most of my career in healthcare, working for hospitals, health systems, uh, and then I was doing health policy work, so really handling any kind of accounting or payment changes uh, for hospitals and physician practices, and like keeping an eye on that, uh, doing a lot of education in that space. Uh, but I got the, it, the entrepreneurial itch when I was still in Charleston uh, and got my MBA in entrepreneurship at Clemson. Go Tigers. Uh, 
Right. And and so uh, met a lot of really interesting people there, and that got me started doing uh, business and strategy consulting and fractional CFO work for tech startups. So that is quite a change. Yeah. So was, you know, really still staying in that finance realm, but really flipping industries. Yeah. Uh, and and I, I was told when I first started working steel man, in steel manufacturing, if you can understand steel. You'll, you'll figure anything out. It's very complicated with the chemistry and the production and all of that. And then I got into healthcare, and that's even more complicated mm, with the government regulations no and all that. Uh, so, you know, software as a service is a pretty straightforward <laughs> finance business. So it's really understanding the operations and strategy and, and you know, and, and the product to some extent as well. Yeah. So. so did you bring that entrepreneurial spirit to Savannah? I did. Yeah, I did. I actually um, started teaching... I've been teaching uh, mostly at the graduate level for about seven, a little over seven years now. And when I got here, because Abby just loves SCAD so much, I said, this could be kind of interesting to get in there. So I've actually been teaching at SCAD oh, wow. uh, as well. Uh, haven't been teaching the last quarter, but taught, taught for about a year and a half there, teaching undergraduate students about entrepreneurship yeah. and economics, which... Uh, you know, they actually really like it, it's, especially right now with everything that's going on during yeah, COVID and, yeah. and, and right now. So, uh, yeah, I brought that spirit with me and uh, have since evolved and kind of left the policy world, but kept my foot in healthcare um, and have a number of things going on right now. Wow, so, yeah. that's nice. I feel like that's the new way now. You know, I feel like that that's where, you know, we're sort of finding ourselves having seven spoons in the in the pot you know all part of like what our passion is and you know things we want to do and I, I, I love that I love that that's that's what we're all doing now yeah I, I do feel like the barrier to entry especially in this country is so low uh, and during COVID I think people really took a look at their lives and said okay yeah I'm working from home now but if I have to go to an office and be an account again How's that going to go? How's that going to work? Right. How's that going to feel? And so I've been working from home since 2015, and but I traveled. Yeah. So I then was just in my second bedroom mm. thinking, what am I going to do? I got to keep myself occupied. I don't have a lot of hobbies outside of business. So that really drove it. And I do think that a lot of people have started that. You know, it's the, the side hustle or whatever else you want to call it. A lot of people have reassessed it and. Hence why the job market's so challenging for employers. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. No doubt. It really is. I mean, it, and it's, it's our world shifted yeah. with all of this. And, you know, then at the same time, we were all home long enough where we thought about the new job we wanted to have, the new business we wanted to start, the new place we wanted to live. Mm -hmm. I mean, the influx of people coming into Savannah, yeah. you, you know, just Savannah alone. I mean, it happened everywhere, but wow. Yeah. You know, through COVID and after COVID has sort of eased up a bit. It's it's still happening. People are still coming because I think that time period you have, you know, so much just space in your brain and your heart to say, this is what I really want to do. Right. I mean, if you think about different times in just the recent past and what's come out of them, you know, you think about I got out of college right after the dot com bust. Mm. Right. And, and there was a lot that came out post that in terms of innovation and creativity, right? And then you think about 08 and 09, the Great Recession, mm -hmm. and all the businesses that started then and where they are now. I think this is going to be the same thing. We're yeah. already starting to feel it, but it's really going to really gonna change a lot. Oh, absolutely. How we live, yeah. how we 
play. Yeah. You know, all that. I feel like we're, I feel, okay, maybe I should speak for myself. I feel like I'm playing more, um, which I'm happy about. I mean, yeah. I was 25 years in radio and media in Virginia and making the change for me coming to Savannah. I wanted to find something that would allow me to work within a slower pace and mm-hmm. allow me to sleep in a little longer and allow me to enjoy a sunny afternoon. And, you know, I just think you appreciated that more during COVID. You said, you know what, I'm working too much or the wrong way. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think I I forget who you know, dubbed this term, but work-life integration. Mm. I think people put a lot more appreciation on that. You know, people understand like, I want to go for a run at three o'clock some days just yeah. to like clear my head because I've been on zoom for nine hours. Yeah. And I think people get it, you know, and, and especially in the startup world, people totally understand that that's been their mo- you know, their, their mantra for a long time. So I, I think we're going to see a big shift. I think the employers, especially that are trying to bring folks back to the office nine to five, go back. Oh, we can just reset, right? Rewind. I just don't think that's going to work. Yeah. So, I mean, gosh, talking about creativity during that time, you and your wife, Abby, really came out of the gate with something cool that I would love to talk about. And we're so excited to, you're just launching this. Yep. It's called Gnarly Marsh. And I need to find out if I'm even saying any of these phrases right. And I want to know about the yak shacks and the sup hut. Yeah. Is that right? That's right. Okay, good. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so, so Gnarly Marsh is, I think, definitely COVID put put it back on the map. This is something, while I was at Clemson, one of my classmates had, had created this concept about, you know, self-service kayak and paddleboard rentals. Uh, you know, if you think about the experience about renting something like that, you have to schedule it ahead. It's a four hour, eight hour, half day, all day kind of thing. Or if you rent it and take it to the water, if you own it, you have to somehow get it to the water. It's and kind of a pain. It's a big pain. It really is. And so living in Charleston at that time, he had a couple paddleboards, but he has a wife and three kids and could never really truly appreciate, you know, and use, use them. And so he came up with this and we commuted together. And so this is... This is really funny. We we're talking about this the other day. Most of our relationship has been between Charleston and Greenville on the highway, and most of it's one of us with a laptop open building the business plan and the financial model. Right. Uh, and so it's about it's about five years coming, mm. um, and we're really excited. We're launching on Lake Lanier uh, as part of a the Chattahoochee River Keepers Lake Cleanup. So part of our whole mission is to keep waterways clean so you can you can use them. Yeah, and absolutely. So, so we're we're sponsoring that event and. Uh, gonna gonna have a nice free pilot for all the volunteers to to partake in. I, I was so excited to hear about this because uh, you know how it sort of touched me personally was I remember when we were visiting Savannah we hadn't uh, you know made the move yet and we were planning and thinking about it. We had our son come with us and you know he's 18 and we wanted to you know do cool fun stuff with him you know when we visited and we had been to the Tybee before and we had done done a few things and took a surfing lesson and that sort of stuff but we really wanted to be able to go out and get a kayak and go out and get a paddleboard and we couldn't find anything Mm -hmm. it was it was just locked up like you said so it was like a day or a half day or they were booked up for weeks Mm -hmm. and it was like, we're going to be here for three days, (laughs) you know, and to be able to have something like self-service 
Explain how that works, because this sounds so cool. Yeah, so so if you've ever rented a scooter or a bike, right? Think about it like a bike share scooter model, ride share. Uh, and so we've, we've act, we're actually using a bike lock because we haven't found many uh, self-serve kayak or paddleboard rental services that are truly self-serve. Mm-hmm. So it's all app-driven. Uh, you can reserve it within a few minutes of arriving to make sure it's there. And you unlock the shack. And if you go to gnarlymarsh.com, you can kind of see what it looks like. But it's um, basically think about it kind of looks like a big locker, right? And you've got a bay and you, the door opens, it unlocks. You've got a paddle. You've got a uh, life jacket, you know, P- P- uh, personal flotation device. And it's right on the water. So you walk it to the water. You go out for however long you want. Uh, we charge for the first hour and then every 15 minutes after that. Yeah. So you don't have to worry about this big commitment. If you've ever tried stand-up paddleboarding, an hour to two hours is plenty. Yes. Worn out <laughs> unless you're just laying on the board unless at that point. Unless you're sleeping on the board. Right. Which has happened. Yeah. And so, and, and then you and you return it and we only charge you for the, the time you've used. So, um, you know, it's it's been, uh, you know, it'll be an interesting process with the launch, but we feel like we've got this thing sorted out and we hope that, you know, that a lot of folks enjoy it. I'm so excited about it. I feel like it really is going to open up uh, just a whole avenue for people that probably thought, I don't want to go through the hassle or I've tried to do it this way and it's just too much. And, you know, the cost when you're not going to use it that long, right. you know, for four hours or eight hours. I mean, that's so long to try to use anything generally. But, you know, sometimes you would have to do it that way. It's going to open up such an avenue for people that maybe weren't doing it. And now we'll get out and enjoy that. Right. A lot of people want to try it. You know, the, I, you know, my experience was similar. I, I the first time I ever tried to do stand up paddleboarding, we set up a rental. It was a half day. Mm-hmm. It was not super cheap. I didn't know what I was doing. I ended up sitting on the thing because yeah. I kept falling off yeah. of it. Yeah. Because I'm, you know, have a not don't have a low center of gravity. You're six five. I'm for six goodness five. Sakes. I have absolutely no sense of balance. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, we when when we started talking about this, I said, you know, it's you know, paddle sports are something that people are interested in. Nobody nobody's against paddle sports, right? Nobody's, you know, everybody's kind of curious, especially the stand up paddle board. Yes. And so what we decided to do is actually go with a hybrid. So it's a kayak paddleboard hybrid. So you can do either. You can flip a seat up and kayak, yeah. or you can flip the seat down and paddleboard, uh, and the paddle allows for you to change it. So if you don't, if paddleboarding isn't your thing, you want a kayak, that's cool. You still got the same thing. You don't have to exchange it. I love that. Yeah, and you know the other the other thing too is a lot of folks want to do it. You know, it's a social thing. Mm-hmm. And so you have one, somebody else doesn't. They're not cheap. They're expensive. And so. It, hopefully it'll allow people to really experience it. And that lake, Lake Lanier, um, and all the lakes around it up there in North Georgia are really pretty. So Yeah, no doubt. I think it's going to be a fantastic launch. And, and you're hoping to actually spread it to other locations. We are. This is the first location. So uh, we built this thing out of treated lumber. and so we You built it yourself, we, too. We built it ourselves. I'm so impressed with yeah, that. Yeah, so now... I can't take any credit for the design or the mechanics. My my uh, business partner is a mechanical engineer, uh, and so he's uh, very much that mindset. I'm the business guy, and show me where to you know put a screw in right, or you know right. lift something. Uh, so we we took six thousand pounds of wood from Charleston to North Georgia a couple weekends ago. Wow! And four of us put this thing together. We pre-constructed everything uh, before. So this is. This is definitely, uh, you know, the sweat equity thing coming uh, into play here. And so it's taken, you know, it took us a couple of days to put it together. Uh, we're hoping to maybe not use wood because it's so heavy yeah, <laughs> and challenging yeah. next time. But 
um, it really turned out well. And so we're really excited about it. That's so exciting. And that you did get your hands dirty doing it. I mean, you know, that actually, I don't know. I feel like that makes it a little sweeter, you know, in the end. For sure. When, when the first wall went up, when I, you know, these, these, the, the shack itself is about 13 feet high because the boards are 11 feet long. Yak shacks. Yak shacks. So it's (laughs) so tall even for, and my business partner is the same height. So even for these tall guys pushing this thing up, it's a little scary, right? And getting the roof on and everything. So going through that experience together was really fun and it's going to be really sweet next weekend. I'm excited. Yeah. yeah this is going to be quite the big deal. So you really got a taste of, um, kind of that, that new innovation spirit going on with something that I really don't feel like exists. And also that business owner hands on, mm-hmm. I mean, what a great mix. Yeah, no, it's been really nice. The most of the work I've done is, you know, is business consultative stuff. So, you know, I've had my own consulting practice for four and a half years, but that's, I can do it virtually. Yeah. You know? yeah. So it's really cool seeing this vision on, you know, in a CAD drawing, be up in front of you and it'll be really cool to see people start to use it. Gnarlymarsh.com is the website. Also Gnarly Marsh on Instagram if you want to find it um, there and you can just see how the whole thing works. Very, It looks very easy. It looks very user-friendly, like just jump on the app, you know, make sure it's there. You know, you put in, I'm assuming your payment information, boom, right. take it as long as you want. Yep. So good. Yep. Yeah. We're hoping it's easy, right? We. That's why we're doing a soft launch, right? What we, you know, the one thing you, you learn in you know entrepreneurial land is make sure you test it before you get real customers, there, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. uh, we're going to test it. Um, it is is uh, it's in a location that's run by the Gainesville Parks. So so that's something else that's really cool about this is we're we're giving the park an amenity. That's and right. we're bringing people to the parks, uh, and, and especially in that community, it's a growing community, and they really need something that people can access the water. If you don't have a boat, you know, you're not really experiencing exactly the, the lake. So we're really hoping it's successful and hoping actually we put more locations on that lake. Yeah, that's a great partnership with the parks too. Yeah, absolutely. Really they've been, great. They've been wonderful. They, uh, they were looking for something like this, uh, kind of, you know, everything kind of came together last year. Uh, and uh, they put out a request for proposal, and uh, it all it's all come together. Yeah, so, I mean, I feel like this is going to take off and spread here in Savannah. I feel like it's, you know, I feel like it's going to happen, um, and we're happy to, to get the word out and support and all of that. GnarlyMarsh.com. You've been in Savannah since 2019, and it's long enough, Chuck, that you have all of your favorites. So it's mm-hmm. time for the Savannah favorite okay. round. Okay. So here we go. Favorite place to view the water beyond the water in Savannah. Like, are you a Tybee beach guy or? Yeah, we, we like North beach at Tybee. Ooh, yeah. We're going to the beach that really saved our mental health during COVID. No doubt. Um, and I would say I'm a runner, so I just love running the river in the morning. That is nice. Yeah, it's really nice. That's beautiful. Yeah. Favorite place to eat on Tybee. Ooh, um, no, we don't usually eat on Tybee that much, but I like, um, the Collins Quarter Place. I think it's called the the Deck. The Deck. Yeah. Great, like, oceanfront spot. Right. Absolutely. Good cocktails. Yeah. You, you can, you know, I like places that I can get in. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that's been a little frustrating with people starting to visit Savannah <laughs> again, is I can't go to the places I like. I know, I know. 
you have to go on an off day or something. Right. And then they're closed. <laughs> yeah. and, you know, so, you know, that's, we, we, we used to go out to eat a lot more and now it's like, well, if we don't have a reservation, I, we just tried to grab a drink somewhere the other night. It was an hour and a half wait. And I yeah. said, you know what? I'm just going to Pinky Masters and calling it. You know? Right. So, yeah. Nothing wrong with that. No. Have you been to the new, uh, relatively new, um, Seawolf on Tybee? I have not, but oh. we, we were planning to go. Yeah. Hot dog, gourmet hot dogs all day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we enjoy that. And, of course, every time we go, we can't help but visit Thai Bean for a little coffee. Oh, of so. course. I love Thai Bean. Mm. We, we visited Savannah in 2014 and camped out on the campground, which, if you've never been to the River's Edge campground, it's really nice. Primo? It's Primo. I mean, the Hilton Head National Campground out on Hilton Head is the nicest resort I've ever been to <laughs> and it's a campground right but but the but out there and you can walk to the river to watch the sunset and you can walk to the beach I love that and the tie beans right around the corner mm-hmm. and and so uh yeah no I love tie bee I, I we love, didn't love downtown we probably live out there right we were we were toying with that we we couldn't when we moved here we really had not fully decided we thought okay it's either going to be tie it's going to be somewhere near the water or it's going to be downtown all the hot spots, but we, we were so undecided. They're all so beautiful and they all provide such, you know, a different feeling and a different vibe. And, you know, eventually we decided near the water, water view. So uh, we didn't go as far out as Tybee, but I'm not ruling it out at some point in our journey here. Right. For sure. There's enough out there to keep you there, Yeah, but you can always drive into downtown. Yeah. So that's that's the trade-off, but yeah, I I, I can see us out on Tybee someday. Oh, well, maybe we'll be neighbors out yeah, there. Maybe. maybe so. Chuck Alsdurf, Gnarly Marsh, check it out. Um, and if you go to the Yak Shack, tell me how it is, okay? GnarlyMarsh.com. Actually, I might go before you do, so I'll you show you how it is, right? I don't know. Um, I'm excited about what you guys are doing, and I think it's going to be great for Savannah. I think it's going to be great for Georgia. I think it's just going to be a really good, really, really good adventure. And I'm glad you guys are doing it here. So thanks for sharing. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Appreciate it.